1: Hello everyone and welcome to uh, Guild Fellows. This is a very uh, special, I guess not not really that special, but this is just a little, little bonus content for you. Um, I was up late last night and I finished uh, Final Fantasy XV and uh, that story and that game really bugged me for a lot of reasons. And so it got me thinking about um, some thoughts I've been kicking around in my head for a while about the nature of storytelling. Um, And in particular, like how we tell like complicated and mysterious stories. Um, So the theme of today's rant is like how to tell a good story that is complicated and has mysteries without making the story too obtuse for your uh, reader or consumer. Um, and like not leaving anything out of the story for the sake of mystery, uh, which is really the, the kind of issue that I think a lot of stories that are too ambitious about how they want to tell their story get uh, in trouble. So uh, the series that I have been thinking about, the pieces of content that I have been thinking about um, for this topic um, are the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, the Kingdom Hearts series and the Final Fantasy series. Um, all three of those series I've consumed very recently. Evangelion I watched last year. Um, I have been playing through uh, a lot of the Final Fantasy games recently. Um, like I said, I just finished Final Fantasy fifteen, and then I- I've played all the ca- well all the named Kingdom Hearts games, um, which I'll-, I'll get to that whole thing in a minute. <laughs> um, and Hannah has also been streaming through. I, truly all of the Kingdom Hearts games, um, as I understand, for the past uh, year or so. So uh, these things have been on my brain a lot. Um, the the reason that I've been thinking about them so much is because all three of those, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, and Evangelion, are beloved by fans um, and genre enthusiasts uh, of both video games and anime alike, um, with, with a decent amount of crossover, I would imagine, of like people that like those those series um but the stories are real bad folks um <laughs> like a huge part of what it should make those properties compelling to me falls really short and that's the story and the plot um and you know in, in a, in a bit more minor way the characters which are really just a reflection of those two things they re- the, so the, the stories are are kind of bad in my opinion and I'll explain why here in a sec um but they're beloved by everyone and that the commonalities that those three properties share is that they all tend to tell their stories um, in fact, they, they all do tell their stories kind of with the approach that like the tone and the vibe will carry much of the viewing experience, meaning that like they don't use a lot of dialogue to explain things. They don't take the time to really define terms or set up the boundaries of the world or really explain what's going on. Um, all of these series are guilty of this for, for to varying degrees and, um, and varying ways. Evangelion is probably the uh, most like dramatic example of this. I, I to, I'm not going to summarize the plot of Evangelion partly because like doing so requires like a lexicon of the lore of that that series that is like frankly pretty unobtainable for most people that just will watch the show casually. In essence, it's an anime about aliens called. Uh, angels um, who are coming to Earth um, with nefarious intentions to to destroy the planet. We don't really understand what they are, where they're coming from, uh, why they want to destroy the Earth. Um, The humans uh, are living underground in massive military bases and they uh, have created these mechs Called Avas that are piloted by young kids um, who are the protagonists of the story. So that's like the basic gist of what that anime is. So the problem is, is that like when you watch the show, right? You'll see the fights happen. You'll see characters interact. You'll even see some people talk about events in a way that kind of clarifies what's going on. But the show goes totally off the rails, <laughs> um, like in a big way, and. Nowhere along the, like, some 14-hour runtime do, like, crucial aspects of the story get explained. In fact, the ending of the show is kind of left as this, like, big, great mystery, um, provided that you don't go and seek out the hours and hours of extra content, which include shows and a couple of movies and video games and, like lore documents that are just like written and out there um and the whole reason like people encourage you to go and consume that much content is because without it you truly have no context for what's happening in the story um you should go watch it to get a feel for what i i mean if you haven't if you have watched it you probably do understand what i mean but vehemently disagree about it being good or bad um But the gist of the problem is like there are are key terms and events and organizations that just never get the time to really exist in a way that like we can understand it. Like we're told that things exist, right? Like the term human instrumentality project is – a vitally important term for the ending of the show and it does not get explained and it only gets more confusing as we see that project happen in real time to the point where it's like this is basically just a music video of cool shit happening on screen it's completely devoid of any like logical plot structure or context. Um, And there's like other examples in Evangelion of like that too. There's a really important um, artifact slash weapon called the Spear of Longinus that is I think mentioned two or three times total in the 14 hour runtime of the show. It is used in a scene that makes it seem like it's very important and then it's never mentioned again. Um, And we need to get no explanation of why it was important or what it did. This is all just to say that like Evangelion, the problem I have with it is like so much of this story gets unsaid and it's it's pitched in a way where it's like the show sets up all these mysteries because that's what they are. Like these undefined terms are mysteries that we, through the viewpoint character's eyes, don't know the answers to. But the real problem is that like mysteries with no payoff – and no real like evidence to even let us like guess accurately are, are not satisfying mysteries. It's all this buildup for for essentially no payoff. Evangelion is is well loved, <laughs> well regarded by the anime community. It's kind of upheld as a staple of anime culture and history. Um, but it it has this like massive like narrative flaw in its structure in terms of how it presents that story, which kind of naturally brings up the question. Like, why is it so popular? Um, there's a lot of different answers to that. Some people just like things that are cool and interesting just for the sake of them being cool and interesting and don't feel the need to, to do a literary analysis on every single piece of media they consume. Couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does kind of like irk me a little bit because it's like I'm not seeing something here that everyone else is seeing or maybe I'm – seeing kind of through the smoke and mirrors of an otherwise well-regarded show and kind of seeing it for what it really is without the, like, years of, like, hype and build-up to it. So that's kind of my problems with Ava. Again, like, the theme being, like, it's a mysterious and complex story that ultimately is hurt by its own mysteries and complexity because it leads to nothing. It leads to no coherent answers um, and the audience can't even like feel clever by like guessing what's going to happen because we're, again, we're not given enough vital information about the world and the plot to like really accurately understand or predict anything that's going to happen. So when like a big twist does happen, you're kind of like, oh, well, here's another thing that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't like change the perspective of the world all that much. So, moving on to, like, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy XV, they both suffer from this same phenomenon to varying degrees. Kingdom Hearts uh, started out pretty pretty strong in terms of how it told its story in that, like, if you played through Kingdom Hearts 1, like, the story of what's going on is, like, pretty well explained through cutscenes and content, just, like, in the game, um, and, like, once you get past kind of the, the, the gimmick of it being, like, oh, okay, like, your main character can travel to all these different... Worlds and like universes essentially, Um, and there's kind of this larger conflict going on with the Heartless and Kingdom Hearts and uh, you know, Ansem. As the stories progress, though, as those games progress, they get more and more and more obtuse. You get more and more spin off games, Um, you get like more like side content that isn't video games that if you don't happen to consume by the time you play kingdom hearts two, you're wildly out of the loop of what's going on. And then it's kind of a continuing like rolling ball problem where it's like once kingdom hearts two doesn't make any sense, it's hard then to like remake up all of that time in the main series of like, okay, like here's how everybody got to where they are kingdom hearts two. And like why the story is in the place where it is now. You can't really like the game like doesn't spend enough time getting into like what happened in the intervening years or, or during the intervening plots. Um, and so like to play just the numbered series of games in kingdom hearts, like it requires you to like do a lot of research about what happens in the world completely off screen. And that's like, again, like not great storytelling because like you would think that information that is vital to the main arc of the main character story and any sort of like episodic or serial content would be able to be consumed kind of in order um like it would be it would be kind of similar to like if the first two of the original star wars trilogy came out and then there was like a bunch of spin-offs between like episodes five and six and in those spinoffs, like was like Luke's like extended training arc with Yoda that like actually explains like the cave and you know like why he saw Darth Vader. But like imagine if all that was in spinoffs as opposed to being in the actual movies. And so like if you didn't watch those spinoffs between the time of like the main series movies, you're like wildly out of the loop. And now you have to go spend a bunch of more time and money and effort to like understand the story um, when it wasn't presented in a, a very accessible way in the first place. Final Fantasy is even worse (laughs) about this, Um, and it's more similar to to Ava in terms of how obtuse it is because Final Fantasy, and specifically Final Fantasy 15, which I just finished, what it does is it front-loads all the information you need for the story and two movies and an anime that the developers intend for you to consume before you even start the game. Now, that's about, I think, 10 or so, maybe more hours of content before you play a 40-hour game, which is kind of a ridiculous ask. Um, the idea being like, if it's good, like you should consume it, but at the same time, it's like, if I if my experience as somebody that just wants to play the newest Final Fantasy, I mean, it's not the newest game now. I mean, it came out years ago. But, like, if I was at the time, like, wanting to play the newest Final Fantasy game, I don't know that I would have had the time investment to to go pursue those things, even if I knew about them. It's made even worse by some crucial, like, canon information about the characters of the main game of Final Fantasy fifteen is told to you exclusively through some of the trailers. Which, when you think about it, it's like, how can you tell a story like this like how like how can you let yourself do this so when you play through the actual game you're expected to have like a full like several movies worth of lore and story information just for things to make sense you know otherwise it feels like when you play through the game and this was my initial impression that like i thought like four or five key Scenes and set pieces were just deleted from the final product of the game because of how much the the tone and the events just jump from from thing to thing, like from happy to sad. Your dad just died. Oh, now you're at a diner and everyone's happy, and then oh, like you're you know, spoilers like oh, like there's this woman that you're going to go meet because she's your your betrothed and you've had this long history together, but we're not going to show any of that or develop this character at all in the actual game, but they're going to die halfway through. It's going to be this big emotional moment. But since I didn't know who this character was when she died, I was like, that sucks. I guess the engagement's off. Cause it's like, we otherwise like I have no reason to think that this is a happy marriage because there's no information like about who this character is. Um, And so what I find bad about this is that it's these stories are being told in a way through, through these popular media uh, platforms which do generate a lot of revenue and a lot of praise. Um, like again, these three series are all like very highly regarded. But what is the issue is that like they're not telling complete stories and they're not telling particularly good stories. So uh, what's the takeaway from all these criticisms I just I just launched at the plots of these games and and shows? Well, bring it back to D and D and how we tell stories as just like. Lay individuals on the internet. Um, I think that there's a lot to like learn from these series and like why they don't work. Um, I guess like why I think they don't work because it all comes back to like, how do you actually tell a story that is heavily reliant on there being mysteries and secrets and like complexity and like plot twists the way I approach this, um, in my experience with Guildfellow Season 3, which is principally built on a set of mysteries that keep escalating as the characters learn more information, my experience is that the only way that you can really tell a complex story or, or, or tell like a mystery is by like, having known before you ever lay the clues or set up the problem what all the answers were going to be. Um, You can kind of think of it like an escape room. Escape rooms would be terrible and terrifying if nobody, like, on the outside of the escape room, like, could give you hints or, like, knew how to unlock the escape room. Like, if you you just, like, created a bunch of traps and didn't think too hard about the solutions or how you're going to solve them, then when you throw somebody in the middle of it, it's like everybody's just as lost. Maybe that's a bad analogy. Like you have to know the answers to the to the mysteries beforehand. And not only that, as the author, you have to be willing to share those answers to to those mysteries and those secrets. Let me tell you a story um from some content that we did that I think illustrates this point. Uh a couple of years ago when we did the the drunk fellows like one-off where we got wasted and recorded basically like a one-episode long dungeon crawl um i remember like as part of that dungeon i had a couple of secrets that i had stored away like a couple of hidden doors a couple of hidden items that would have just been like fun for them to find and it was my first time ever dming so like i didn't really have as nearly as much experience certainly and uh a lot less knowledge about how to like run an effective D D campaign and like tell a story in that sort of setting and so i had set up these mysteries and the players didn't find them and i was like a little bit bummed out about it um I mean, they were wasted, so it's, like, hard to to be mad at them. But I was kind of bummed out about it. I wanted to, like, bring it up. I was like, oh, like, yeah, you know, like, there's some secrets that you guys missed. And they're like there's, like, a hallway and, like, a whole thing. And their kind of reaction was like, oh, dang. But, like, you know, still a fun session. Like, they didn't really have any complaints about missing the secret because it was not vital, right? But my takeaway from that was, like, oh, like, I thought, like when I made these secrets that I was like, oh, it's like the sneaky little thing. Like I know that there's a really good item behind that door. And if only they just do the exact right thing to get there and just happen to stumble upon it, all of these big surprise. But what I didn't understand is like, you can't just like create a secret and then let it sit. Like you have to like guide your audience or your players to solving the actual secret. So that way it can be discovered because that's, what's great about secrets is learning them. You know, keeping them is the thing that sucks because we want to share them. Right um that's why you can't it's like why people are hard to trust we get excited we we know something oh we want to go like yeah you know, tell others but um i think from a writing standpoint the author or the dm's first instinct is to withhold information because you don't want to railroad your players uh, even though i think railroading is a, is a little bit made it's been made into kind of a straw man argument for just like simplistic storytelling but that's a whole different rant um so you don't want to like overtly railroad your players to the point where you're like there's a box with a keyhole. It looks like there's something shiny in there, and they're like, "Well, I guess we got to find the key, right?" But like, you can, you have to lay some sort of breadcrumbs to get your players or your audience to come along with the mystery. And then, like, when they're given a couple puzzle pieces and they're able to solve it, they feel really clever in themselves because they feel like they're being rewarded for being for being smart and figuring out the problem. Um, so striking that balance is hard, um, and I tell that that story to just say that, like when you're telling stories and mysteries, you always have to keep it in the back of your mind that like everything should come out and make sense that needs to be revealed for the story to go along. And I think sometimes, like uh, especially when you look at like Final Fantasy, um, the games like really expect you to have put in a lot of effort to make the story make sense for yourself before you're even really being told it, which, uh, in my opinion, is really lazy because it kind of like... It, It's lazy, and then it's also, like, I don't understand the decision fully, either, of, like, why Final Fantasy seems to be so reluctant to just explain what's going on, because there's, like, 10 hours of cutscene in that game. A lot of it is just grunting noises and, like, anime, like, effort noises, um, and, like, you know, boys chilling around a fire, which is, like, kind of what that game's about. Uh, camping with your friends (laughs) slaying monsters so uh but it's like a lot of wasted potential because the game just kind of assumes like oh you know who all these characters are like you should be able to pick up on all these little subtle things that we're dropping here without any help from us and it's like no like you need to tell me like who the main character is like as a person or else like when he interacts with these people i have no way to interpret his intentions So that's kind of the problem I'm trying to illustrate. So when we're thinking about D&D and, like, building a much larger story, like stepping away from, like, individual little secretive nuggets or mysteries, when you're telling a larger story that is, like, has a plot that is themed around a mystery, like, you know, who kidnapped the princess? Who has the MacGuffin? Like, what is the ultimate goal of the bad guy? You as the DM have some responsibility to... Know those answers ahead of time, and to lay the requisite uh, breadcrumb trail to those answers for your players, and fight the instinct to to withhold that information. And with that in mind, like I know D and D is a is a role playing game, is kind of a choose your own adventure game, and we would all like to think that. When we are directly choosing the story for ourselves and making like meaningful choices that affect the outcome of the plot, I think we all kind of get this idea that's somewhat unrealistic where it's like, well, we're just going to figure out where the end of the story is Um, and we can just kind of like figure it out as we go. But as many DMs will tell you, like it is incredibly useful to have like an end goal in mind in terms of like where the story is ending um so that you can like build the roadblocks necessary to get there which is another thing that i think like evangelion does not do well is cuz like evangelion has this huge twist at the end that feels very planned but it also feels like it comes out of nowhere because there's no build up to it there's like no like indication or inclination that that's where the story's going so what it feels like from the audience perspective is like okay we had like a like uh three quarters of a season of kind of a mediocre gundam anime that then took a hard right pivot into like salvador dali territories of like avant-garde weirdness and it feels like very much like we don't know how to conclude this story because we don't really even know what our story is we're just gonna hard pivot and have this very conclusive feeling ending that ultimately doesn't mean anything within the larger context of the story. And I fear that it's pretty easy for D campaigns to trend that direction. Um, because at the at the heart of it, like your what's fun in D is like what your characters want to do. So if your characters don't really want to go, on like a Capital A adventure to like drop the ring into Mount Doom and they're more content like having smaller scale stories, then it can be a little bit more difficult to have a clear idea of like how do we like escalate this campaign to an ending point where everybody kind of has a resolution and things are like no longer problematic within the the world of the story we're telling. And so it can be kind of difficult to do that on the fly as you go, especially as your characters themselves get much more complicated and the world gets much more complicated. It becomes more important to have some more concrete answers about like what's going on. So you'll notice, like, so this is some minor spoilers for Guildfellow Season 3. I'm going to be talking in pretty like general terms, but midway through the, the season thus far, the party figures out the principal mystery of, like, what happened to Oko Valneem, even though they're, they're still to this day, like missing some information about how that exactly went down. They more or less understand what happened to Oko and like why that's important. So midway through the season, really the principal mystery was solved, but then the rest of the plot is like, well, like, we have to do something about it still. Like there's still something, there's a, a tangible goal that the party is after, which is retrieving Oko. And then as the story gets more complicated throughout the season, more mysteries start popping up to which they get more answers which kind of lead to further questioning and it it's all kind of arcing in the same direction and then it becomes really really satisfying as a dm once the players get more information and they get more complex and the story it's more complex you start to be able to see the story naturally kind of weaving itself in a way where like when you're all on the same page for the information, that's when the real creativity of D&D is, like, comes in amazing because if you know your goal and your players know what they're capable of, then that's when you get some really awesome role playing and decision making where like your players come up with a brilliant plan. Um, to solve the problem that you would never have been able to script in your mind, um, yeah. but they just come up with on a whim by looking at their, their character sheet and spells, and they're like, "I think I can do this thing that's like really going to turn the tides of this engagement." And you're like, "Whoa! Like that's exactly how this should end." Is like you know your creative thinking here. Um, so I, I hope that wasn't too spoilery, but uh, this is all to say that like it's something that I've experienced in my D and D campaigns where like you need to have some concrete idea of like where the story should be going. Um, and then have that kind of be flexible moment to moment in terms of the exact path that you take to get there. Um, But you still have to know those details. You have to know the answers to the mysteries. So when things get more complicated – And, you know, maybe you're interested in doing something in D&D where you're having, like, multiple sets of characters that your players are playing, maybe in different locations or at different times. That's when, like, things get a little bit harder to weave in. So a really important question to ask as a DM to your players and for players to ask themselves is, what is my motivation in this story? And, like, more directly, why is my character here? Um, because if you're ever in a situation where you're struggling to answer, like, why would my character be in this situation? Like, why would my dragonborn barbarian be with all of these rogue gnomes who are trying to rob a bank, right? Like, this is not where I should be. (laughs) Um, but that's still okay. Um, so long as like your DM and the players are communicating about that character's true motivations, because there will be times where it's like my character is going to do something out of character that wouldn't do like rob a bank but if their motivation is to like you know rescue a, a culturally precious artifact that that bank is holding uh kind of in conflict with your homeland and their laws it's like okay well this is this maybe this makes more sense why this like you know barbarian kind of zealous individual is like teaming up with this heist to provide muscle to steal back this artifact that's important to him. And you know, it's illegal, maybe not what he would typically do, but like you can still build the context of the story around those interesting like unique and complicated plot elements to make things make sense. And that's the ultimate goal, is like make things make sense as they're happening. So the character motivation is really important. Like why your character is doing things are are really important because it's really easy to just kind of go along with the flow and suddenly you're in a position where you feel like, okay, my character never really like made a conscious choice to be here. They just kind of like followed this group of individuals onto this adventure, which can be a, a fun motivation in and of itself, but you just have to be cognizant of why you're doing things. And like, you should try to work with your DM to talk about like what motivates your character and more importantly, like how that relates to the end goal, because you know you need to have a reason for your adventure. The caveat to all of this is like, it's hard to do professional level storytelling in the midst of DD. i mean like we who do actual play podcasts like struggle with it um on a pretty you know regular basis just because it's a hard thing to do so like take all this with a grain of salt like there is no right or wrong way to play DD, but if you're having struggles with like fitting your characters into a plot or a story that you're wanting to tell thinking about the motivation and like what their stake is in solving the story or solving the mystery will help a lot with making the story feel more coherent and it'll keep your your players invested. It'll keep your story from feeling like it's just this dissonant, like different set pieces and scenes that don't necessarily like, flow well together. Um, the kind of the ultimate example of like what you don't want a D&D campaign to be is just like fetch quest for MacGuffin, fetch quest for MacGuffin, fetch quest for MacGuffin final boss, where it's just like we're going to get a thing so we can get a thing so we can get a thing so we can beat the guy. It's like a very simple and classic D&D storytelling structure that um, – there's nothing wrong with, but the uh, it's, it's not nearly as fulfilling as having a lot more motivation and reasoning behind your actions. Um, yeah, so that's like kind of my pitch for like how we should think about telling like mysterious stories, more or less just like understanding that you're going to have to give up your mysteries and that you should start from an answers perspective before you start thinking about, um, you know, like how to phrase the question, I suppose, or like you should know like what your clues are going to be and like how they're going to answer your mystery going along and then be willing to share that information um don't be like kingdom hearts and final fantasy and evangelion and just like not explain things or leave out vital information or kind of like leave things up to interpretation because then you get confusion and then you have to spend more time later explaining things in retrospect which uh kind of indicates that you probably didn't tell the story in a satisfactory way the first time you got around to it um so I hope that this has been interesting. Um, you know, I really kind of wanted an excuse to just like talk about like why these series kind of bug me from a story perspective. So I hope this was entertaining. I hope this was helpful. Um, and I'll catch you guys on the flip. Bye.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.